Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? What's up, nerds? Welcome to another episode of the Multiverse Report. We are recapping the week's nerdy news from the Disney vault to the public domain and everywhere in between. My name is Mike Gibson. With me as always, Steve Haller. What's up, Steve? I don't know, Mike, but that sounds a little ominous. A little ominous? Yeah, the public domain. The public domain. No we'll get into crazy we'll capitalistic about that. money to be made off of this? What? That's right. That's right. Uh, you probably know what we're talking about if you're uh, plugged into the world of entertainment news. If not, stay tuned. We're going to dive in. But first, we need to say, first of all, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Steve. Oh, yeah. Happy New Year, Mike. How's your 2024 going so far, buddy? Uh, a lot of skiing, a lot of comics, a lot Ooh, of comics. There you so go. Far. Yeah, because tell the people what your resolution is for two. Do you call it a resolution or just <laughs> I a don't goal, know. Probably, right? I, yeah, I just I just called it a holy hell. Why not? This is a decent idea. A um, thing to try to do. Yeah, uh, probably a really dumb idea, but we're giving a go to uh, one thousand comics in twenty twenty four. One thousand comics. Yep. One thousand. That's uh well, uh, napkin math. You're looking at two point seven comics per day. A day. Which so okay. Like I'm, I'm, I'm keeping it as open as I can to uh to you know make it. it, It's it seems like a daunting task as it is. I'm not going to make it harder on myself. So like reading collected editions, you know, each of the individual issues will count. Um. Sure. Books you've read before, you're able to reread. Sure. Yeah. Like if I want to go back and look at, uh, I think I was telling you, like I I've wanted to for a while, look back at the Dark Horse run of Tales of the Jedi and Rogue Squadron. Sure. Go back and look at those. Perfect opportunity. Problem solved. Uh. So yeah. Uh. That's that's um. That's my crazy craziness uh for the year. It seems. I think you can do it. I think you can do it. Here's. I mean, that's hard enough. But here's what I, as a person that co-hosts a podcast with you, where we normally talk about comic books. Yep. I want to say that you should keep a tally, keep a run, not maybe not of all 1,000, but just like general, by the end of this year, I want your top five comics that you read this year. Okay. All right. I'll see what I'm be hard Because I feel like by July, they're all just going to be a mush of... Right. There's just Whatever, going to be head. things I've read I've read twenty five uh in seven days and my nice job. like there there's somewhere I'm like, did I read that? Yeah. Okay, cool. So yeah. I think like I, in the moment if you finish one and you're like, that was exceptional, just like write it down on a note somewhere. Mm-hmm. And then at some point be like, no, nah, these were the best these these ones were better than the other one. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Don't let don't wait till October to start thinking about it. Obviously, you got to do it as you go along. Keep a little tally of the good ones. <laughs> I'm just interested in uh, what you're going to dive into. Maybe we make it a weekly thing. Like, hey, Steve, how's your 1,000 comics thing going? Yeah. And what's uh? Do you have any recommendations? Have you read something that you should recommend? That's a good idea. Yeah, not bad. Uh, and it if sounds like a conversation to... we should have had off the air, but we might as well discover yeah, this what the idea. Heck? Well, we're live here. in front of the people just workshop it um if <laughs> yeah. anyone uh follows me on threads i've been updating uh all of the comics that i've read at this point there 
Uh, so yeah, it's, it's been anything from, you know, catching up on the Energon stuff to hunger in the dusk, uh, a couple issues of that to finishing up fall of X. And, uh, I believe the last one I read was X-Men blue origins, which is Sysbury, uh, uh, what is it? Spurio Santos and toe did a kind of retcon on Nightcrawler's origin story. But it's not a retcon in a bad way. Uh, they kind of, uh, how did I phrase it? They uh, wove wove more story into the existing story without invalidating it and made it make sense. Uh, it was it was kind of how a retcon should be done. So yeah, well that's good to know. Yeah, definitely a a good one. And then I nice. even have you know I already have a couple of comics built in from our friends at Funky Town Comics and Toys. That's right. Yeah. There you go. Sorry, Funky Town Comics and, and Vinyl and Toys and whatever else you want to buy. And I've, I've got a whole library of DC stuff here if you need to step across the crossover and uh, to reach that 1,000 goal. I'm here for you, buddy. I'll see you right now on the DC side. I've got the uh, the Rorschach trade and the um, oh, yeah. Strange Adventures trade yeah. that are staring, me at, staring at me. There you go, man. Oh, and Swamp Thing two... Green Hell. Oh, yeah. There you go. You're off to a great start. Yeah, you're gonna make not? it. You're gonna be done by October, I bet. It's my it's my prediction. Um, another thing that I predict is that uh, Steve and I will be at Syracuse Collectors Con this March 16th and 17th at the New York State Fairgrounds. Uh, Collectors Con being put on by our friends at Funky Town Comics, who, by the way, sponsor this podcast. Um, I hear right in front of me. I have a flyer uh, that was given to me a long time ago for Collectors Con. And just to name a few people that are going to be at Syracuse Collectors Con, uh, it's going to be a whole Power Rangers reunion, folks. Uh, Tracy Lynn Cruz, Christopher Lee, Britt Blake Foster, Justin Nimmo, Patrick David, Roger Velasco, and Sewin Ward will all be there. Power Rangers reunion. Uh, plus, we got some uh, Ninja Turtles actors, including Brian Tochi, Ken Scott, and Robert Rist. Voice actor Lisa Ortiz, Muppet creator Guy Gilchrist. I'm into that. I'm a big Muppet guy. We got wrestlers, Demolition, Medusa, and Lisa Marie Varon. Uh, then we got artist Matt Flint, writer, very popular DC and Marvel writer, Steve Orlando, uh, Jeff Brennan, Miguel Santiago, a whole bunch of great stuff happening, and me, comic writer, Mike Gibson, and us, nerd podcast hosts, Steve Haller and Mike Gibson of the Multiverse Report will be there as well, plus a bunch of other great comics and toys and vendors and all that uh, kind of wonderful stuff. So check us out. But Steve, we've been talking a lot so far on this podcast, I feel like, without mentioning our big announcements that we have that we teased at the end of last week's episode. Oh, I believe that's called Bearing the Lead, Mike. It is called Bearing the Lead. <laughs> and uh, thank you, loyal listeners and watchers, for sticking with us this far, wondering... When is that announcement going to happen? They all but told us what it was yeah. last week in our 2013 wrap-up episode. Um, you guys may remember that we did an interview with a, a comic book writer, creator of many things, Simon Burks, uh, not too long ago. Uh, we got a couple more of those Absolutely. coming up this month. This coming week, folks, I think this Thursday, right? The 11th, this Thursday. We will be talking to cartoonist, writer, artist, Jay Stevens, creator of the book that we just can't stop talking about, Dwellings, 
um, originally released in Canada and has been coming out in collected editions here by Oni Press. Uh, Dwellings, uh, you may ask, remember talking about it's a a uh, harrowing horror book that's drawn as if it's uh, drawn by something made for children that should be on Cartoon Network or looks like, you know, it's drawn like Casper the Friendly Ghost. But the stories are uh, heartbreaking and cringe-inducing and make it makes your uh, skin crawl. Yeah, Dwellings, there we go. Uh, Steve's holding up. Got it right now. Yeah, look at all that. All those wonderful, cute characters on the inside. They can't possibly be doing anything murderous or terrible or horrible. Oh, wait, they can. Yeah, sure they can. They sure can. Um, he's also got a new book that's about to launch uh, on Kickstarter called uh, Figgy Furthermore, The Spirit Guide Dog. It's a similar art style, but this one is legitimately for kids. Um, so that'll be cool. So we're going to talk to him all about Dwellings, uh, his roots as a comic book creator. And yeah. um, and probably some about the uh, the others, since uh, both of us are noted uh, fathers who have children. Yes. Who yes, both enjoy sure. comics. For sure. So we'll definitely be uh, digging into uh, the adventures of Figgy furthermore. And we're excited about that. So we're talking to him this Thursday. And then I assume the interview will probably be up Friday my guess as long as we don't have any major technical glitches or if, if steve we'll has with, the time we'll go with uh we'll go with thursday it'll probably or we'll go with friday it'll probably be up thursday yeah, let's let's just say friday give yeah. yourself some time steve give yourself the time and then at the end of the month on january 23rd we're talking to my god steve we're talking to g willow wilson absolutely Co-creator of a little character named Ms. Marvel, a current scribe of the incredible Poison Ivy run for DC Comics. Uh, so many other things that I... I the Hunger in the it, Dusk that I've been Hunger in the Dusk, the sure. <laughs> yeah, that Steve is in love with. Um, so many things that, uh, that mean so much to so many comic book lovers and readers. Uh, and we get to talk to her, G. Yeah. Willow Wilson herself. Um, yes. Uh, just over the moon, excited, and quite nervous to talk to her. <laughs> I got to say, we'll be talking to her on January 23rd. And again, the interview will probably be up on that Wednesday, the 24th. So um, stay tuned, Multiverse Report listeners. Tell your friends, subscribe now, like and subscribe. Uh, you know, Subscribe to our YouTube channel if you're watching us. Subscribe to this on our, your podcast feed, whether you're Spotify or Apple Podcasts, whatever. Tell your comic book nerd friends. They'll be getting interviews with Jay Stevens and G. Willow Wilson this month from this podcast, The Multiverse Report. Absolutely. Yeah, man, I'm excited to talk to both of those people. And um, if you did miss last week's episode, th through, I mean... Yeah, we knew we were going to talk to them. It wasn't purposeful. We both, Steve and I both chose their books as some of our favorite books of the entire year. And that's yeah, that was legitimately true. Like, yeah, that, that was kind of the weird thing when we both dropped that. And if you go back yeah. and watch that episode or listen to that episode, both of us are kind of snickering because we had no idea uh, that either of us was going to choose those books. And yeah. they were legitimate choices. <laughs> yes, legitimate choices. When I, I, I literally thought I was like, it's like dwellings is definitely my favorite series that I read this year, but I don't want to like make it seem like I'm, you know, 
Like, right. oh, I didn't even think about the fact that we're talking to him next week. Like, no, it's just legitimately true. Like, I can't, I am, yeah, it's for no other reason other than it was legitimately the, the, my favorite book that I read last year. So, um, so yeah, there's your big news. There's your big announcement. Stay tuned for those. If you have any questions that you want us to ask uh, Jay Stevens or G. Willow Wilson, send them along to, uh, what's our email address? The multiverse report at gmail.com. The multiverse report at gmail.com. Um, yeah, shoot us an email or message us via socials uh, on threads. We've been pretty active on threads and also on um, Instagram. So let us know if you have questions for either of them on any of their projects. And uh, yeah, very, very excited to talk to them. But enough, enough, enough preamble, Steve. We've got some news to dive into. Not a ton of news, I got to say. Pretty light for January. Yeah. And it's still coming down off the holidays. Not really expecting it to be a whole lot of stuff. Right. You you end up, you know, you have a couple of major announcements earlier in the fall, winter time frame. Everybody kind of goes into the holiday yeah. season. Now we're coming out of it. You know, January is notoriously the worst month in the world for movies and apparently for news as well. Yeah. Except last year, January was the month that we got james gunn's announcement of the first part of the dcu mm. though that was an exception they probably Fair. chose january because they knew there wasn't gonna be much coming out yeah smart wouldn't hurt but i predict my 2024 prediction not like a whole genius level prediction but i'm pretty sure that we're gonna get a ton of information about the dcu at comic-con this year i guarantee you james gunn and his dcu will have a whole panel at hall h and they'll be announcing actors and directors probably more projects tons of stuff just like steve's prediction we'll see whose comes true my prediction is that james gunn will have a whole panel at comic-con steve's prediction is that this year of movies is going to completely railroad the success of all future superhero movies Mm -hmm. (laughs) so we'll see We'll see who's right. I hope you are, not me. It's gonna take it's gonna take a little <laughs> bit longer to see if yours is true. I guess yep. <laughs> we'll see. Mine will know by July. But anyway, speaking of, um, I can't I can't think of a segue. <laughs> I can't think of a segue from that. No, there's nothing. It's it's just this is novel. But a pretty big thing. Actually, you could write a novel mention. if you wanted to. I could write a novel. Based I could on, write a comic book. You could write anything. I could write a based comic on book right now. The mouse himself. And I could, I could use a certain character that I couldn't use a few weeks ago. It's indeed. Because now, we thought this was this was worth talking about for any fans of pop culture in general. Mickey Mouse has entered the public domain. That's right, Mickey Mouse. Current copyright law states that a creator, something that creates a character or a thing or any whatever piece of work art copyright uh, the creator holds that copyright for their lifetime plus 70 70 years up to a maximum of 95 years and the disney one of the first disney cartoons ever steamboat willie debuted in 1928 and featured the first appearance of both mickey and minnie mouse and therefore those versions of those characters are now officially in the public domain in the united states i was gonna say that's u.s copyright law other countries have other copyright laws Mm -hmm. so i don't know if you're in canada i don't know if this applies to you but if you're in the u.s you want to make your own mickey mouse steamboat willie comic go right ahead and 
do it. Right. And for now, the record, that is specifically the Steamboat Willie version of Mickey Mouse. Right. But here's the thing, Steve. And I learned that this I learned this this week because I saw an article mm -hmm. that mentioned that. And it said now everybody, Disney and everyone else is reporting that, yes, it is specifically the Steamboat Willie version of Mickey because Disney still has copyrights on other designs of Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse hasn't looked the same since 1928. They have revamped him and changed him and he looked different in the 60s than he looked in the 90s than he looks now now the current like design of mickey mouse i think is great because it's like a throwback kind of yeah. style it's yeah. almost stick figurey it's very like retro-y i love it but that's copyrighted the version of mickey mouse in the 90s with the big eyes or whatever and the more detailed face like copyrighted but another way of saying that you know that it's just the steamboat willie that's that they don't have the copyright on anymore Another way of saying that is that any version of Mickey Mouse that Disney does not have an existing copyright on is free to go. So, Steve, okay. if you and I create our own version of Mickey Mouse, throw an eye patch on him or a scar on his cheek or whatever, we're good to go. Did you we're just using make Mickey Mouse. Snake Plissken in Mickey Mouse form? Yeah, I think I did. <laughs> I think I did. So he's oh, there free. You go. To be oh, used just, if you invent your multiverse report parody right there yeah <laughs> escape yes. from disneyland yeah <laughs> that's a great idea he has to escape from disney world into the public domain there you go. escape into the public outside the walls of disney world um yeah so this is pretty big news pretty big news and this was originally supposed to happen in 1984 but Disney fought to change the law in 1976 ahead of 1984. And then they did that again in 1997, seeking extensions both times. But apparently their luck ran out or they just, I don't know if they were even trying to get another extension or they were just like, right. screw it. We'll just let it go. Um, so yeah, so you want to make a comic book with your version of Mickey Mouse? You're good to go. Um, and just for uh, the hell of it, We'll let people know other public domain characters that exist that are still very popular um, that you can use in any way that you want include Dracula, Frankenstein's monster, Zorro, Robin Hood, the Phantom of the Opera, King Arthur, Sherlock Holmes, Ichabod Crane and the Headless Horseman, Tarzan, Dorothy from the Wizard of Oz, Ebenezer Scrooge, and in Canada only, not in the U.S., but if you're in Canada, feel free to do whatever you want with a little character named James Bond what huh yes yes not the movies but the original ian fleming novels are all public domain in canada okay so canada can be pumping out their own james bond material left and right if they want yeah. that's a huge deal i didn't realize that until i was looking it up for this story but steve do you want to know what a bigger deal is uh yes i didn't put this in there because i wanted to blow your mind with it 1928 is the year we're at for copyright, things going into the copyright. Okay. Right? So, I'm trying to think of 10 what years was, from now. I'm trying to think of what was around that time. I'm not, I'm not thinking now. I'm thinking 10 years from now. Okay. So we're at 48. No, 38. Or, just 38. 38. Yeah. Can you think of a character from 1938 that will be in the public domain? in 2034 because i can what are you ready got? are you ready 
Superman. Oh. <laughs> oh. About that. Superman, Steve. In our lifetime, 10 years from now, Superman will be a public domain character. So, and Steve, Steve, do you want to know who will be a public domain character 11 years from now? Hmm. Batman. Yeah. Batman. The Batman. Wow. Do you yeah, want to know? Do you want to know who will be a Do you want to know who will be a public domain character? Twelve years. Who do you got? Wonder Woman. All of the yeah okay, and I'd assume all of the uh, like most of the I mainline mean, Disney characters are also in that book, and like the Plutos and Goofies yeah. and yep, yep, yeah. But uh, dude, huh. can you imagine a world where Batman? Is a public domain character Batman? No, no. I can't like, at all. Like ten years from now, ten years from now, Marvel could just start making Superman comics. Right. Eleven years from now, they could make Batman comics. No, no one's stopping them. Huh. I don't think they would. I don't think they should. Right. But they could. You and I. You and I. I could. I'm a comic book writer. I could write a Batman comic and just put it out. I could write it now and save it for ten years, eleven years. <laughs> right. It out. Yeah, wild. I mean, hypothetically, hypothetically wild. in uh, in ten years, you could write Namor versus Superman because Namor would That's also a, be Namor, yeah, public domain, Human Torch, yeah, you're right? The original, the original Human Torch. Yeah. Yep. Uh, what else was that era? Uh, I don't remember. My oh, what was the what was the Tarzan stuff. knockoff? Uh, Kazar. Oh, Kazar, yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because those were all like timely era, right? Yeah. So yeah, it was there's... like Marvel number one. Yeah. Yeah. There's I know, man. There'd be some some interesting crossovers there. It's gonna <laughs> get crazy. When does it's gonna when get would Cap crazy. go? Cap wouldn't be too much far after that either. Cap versus Batman. You're right. Or Cap and Batman team up? They could team up. Yeah. Dark they don't even have to be versus... versus each other. They could just straight team up. Dark and brooding versus Cap? Or with Cap, like that—that'd be a quite the—that'd be a different dynamic duo for him. Insane, dude! Insane, because it's like it's pretty arguable that Batman is a a more popular character than Mickey Mouse now, you know. And if like know. it's a such a big deal that Mickey is going to be into the public domain, like I don't know, Batman I, being there is—I feel like wild. both of them are about as ubiquitous as it gets like that's yeah that would be insane oh, so instead of you know maybe insane. instead of batman and scooby-doo you end up with uh batman and uh batman and mickey mouse adventures <laughs> well that's a thing batman and anybody adventures yeah anybody wild anyway superman saves pluto from a tree. i just thought that was crazy <laughs> yes i know pluto's a dog i don't know how he got up there it's fine yeah but pluto's kind of dumb so he would definitely That's get stuck true. in a tree <laughs> definitely <laughs> um all right i thought that was worth mentioning um like i said pretty light uh week for news but we do have 
a little snippet that made just a stupid amount of waves based on what it was for, for on the internet. Reasons. Yeah, did you read all the yeah. quote unquote backlash that this quote got? Completely I don't understand why people were so mad about that. Okay, I'm yeah, just diving whatever. into it. We're talking about Star Wars. As one does. No one ever gets upset online about Star Wars. That never uh, happens. For the record, uh, precursor to this, I tried my annual Rise of Skywalker rewatch. Still yeah. shit. That's that's going to become my it's... thing. Uh, every year in the break between Christmas and New Year's, I will find a way to attempt to rewatch Rise of Skywalker and see if it improves. I feel like it's slightly improved, but still well at the bottom of my list. I mean, again, you don't have to think it's a good movie. You just have to accept the events of it as being canon. Oh, 100%. Not, like, fight against it. Yeah, because okay. that, that's where people get really tripped the up. The stupid shit happened, but it's still a bad movie. And there were yeah. fine, there's I mean, plenty of good like, points to it. There's, there's moments. There's a lot of moments. Sure. It's just, I don't know. It's like they yeah. it's just like, together, it's like Attack which of the is clones. what they did. Are we like super glitchy tonight or is it just me? I feel like our video is like stopping and starting as long yeah, as the audio is okay. Okay so. with it, but okay. Um anyway, Star Wars. Um director of the new, as of yet untitled, new Jedi Order film featuring Ray as a character. Charmine obeyed Chinoy. Uh, she's doing an interview with CNN and they asked her about her Star Wars project. And she said, quote, I'm very thrilled about the project because I feel that we're about to create something very special. And we're in 2024 now, so it's about time that we had a woman come forward to shape a story in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah. Now, a bunch of idiots jumped on this quote because there's a lot of idiots out there that just want any excuse to be mad at Star Wars, any excuse to be mad at the Disney era Star Wars, any excuse to be mad at Lucasfilm, any excuse to be mad, mm-hmm. period. And they found a way, clearly the, clearly this quote, she's talking about how she is the first woman that is going to direct right. and was a Star asked, Wars was asked, film. was asked directly about this. Yes. Like her response yes. is directly to a question that predicates that response. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I saw people twisting this into her insulting Deborah Chow and Bryce Dallas Howard and women that have directed episodes of Star Wars television. And I, yes, she didn't specify film versus TV in this quote, but it is clear to me that it should be clear to everybody that she's talking about how she's the first woman to direct a Star Wars film. Star Wars is a film franchise it started there and in my opinion it should still be there the shows are great shows are fine i need a movie we've talked about this before steve and i pretty much agreement we believe star wars mostly belongs on the big screen shows are great but give us a movie give us a movie and that's what charmino bechinoe is going to do she's going to give us a movie and she's not doing it to spite bryce dallas howard she's not doing it to spite deborah chow who both did incredible jobs with the episodes of Star Wars television that they have directed. She's doing a movie. She's doing a movie. I saw, I saw some people interpret either in either because they're stupid or just in bad faith to start shit on the internet. 
that she was talking about uh, female characters like Ahsoka and Princess Leia. Like saying that Ray is the first female lead character. Like, no, that's not what she's saying. No, like, it's the whole thing is needy. just getting blown out of proportion in stupid ways because people need yes. to blow things out of proportion. Like, and because media literacy is dead mm-hmm. in this <laughs> country, I think it's insane. Insane. Tune in next week for more two men shake fist at cloud. Yes, on the multiverse report. But like, still, come on. Come on. She's a woman. She's a, she's a woman of color. She's directing the first Star Wars film, including a big legacy character, going to feature the return of a lot of characters. This is a big, exciting thing. You should be excited about it. If you're not excited about it, stop watching Star Wars and just go something. Go do something else. Right. Go to something else. We all know, Steve, you and I know, we had a, a text conversation about this recently. I sent you a clip from a podcast people talking about like just how like Star Wars, like, n- you're no no star wars fans ever gonna be happy ever again for the rest of their lives oh no (laughs) like that's just what it is i mean you and i have the more of a potential to be happy with stuff because we understand and we get it and we're on the same page i really for the most part i really do think it's part of the like part of the fact that you and i both like dive into different mediums and understand like comics where you can get different takes on a bunch of things and it's like yeah it's literally look at the star wars universe like it's a bunch of different people telling stories to you. Like you're listening to C3PO and various other droids recount what happened in these things. Yeah. Like picture it that way. Like you're not right. Like it's it is what it is. You're getting told yeah. tales. <laughs> yeah. Also, the movies without you know, if you don't like Ray or whatever, then the the other movies without Ray are still there. You can just go watch those. Right. Some of them are bad, but you can go watch those. It's okay. So, like, no, like we all have Star Wars movies that we don't love. We all have Star Wars movies that we do love. Oh, yeah. No one agrees which ones are the best ones, as we found out when we did our poll last year. But like, it's okay, man. Just, just either, either you're, either you're in, you're, uh, you're in for more Star Wars, or you're not. And if you're not, stop talking about Star Wars. Yeah. If you're in for more Star Wars, then let's go. Let's have a conversation. I'm ready to be your friend. If you're not, just go home. Take your stuff and go home. Yeah. That's all I got to say. Stupid that that quote was so uh, caught on so craziness. Well, and with all the, like, yeah, never mind. I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to give that time. Uh, I was going to say there was some other backlash Good beyond thing. that. And it was like, I'm just not going to bother. Um, yeah. I don't know. I feel I'm, like I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm glad that I don't know what you're yeah, talking about. You, you would, you would go off on a, a tangent there. Uh, so I'll hold that one, but, um, okay. Either way, more star Wars is always good. Star Wars in my book. I agree. I'm ready for any star Wars that you want to give me. I'm still on rogue squadron too, but yes. (laughs) That's the other thing, Steve, is that like people that see a star Wars movie and hate it and spend the rest of their lives complaining about how much they hate it. I got to ask how many, like, did you try watching it a second time? Did you try revisiting it? You try going back to it now that your expectations are more set now that you know what it is. And you are you trying to let the movie tell you what it is instead of trying to force what you wanted into the film? And that's why you're angry at it. Like, Steve, you just said you once a year, you make it a point to rewatch your least favorite Star Wars movie. Yeah. Once a, a year. 
because you're trying to understand it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're like, I think you're muted, by the way, because I can't, or I can't hear you, or my headphones are broken, so I can't hear you anymore. Weird. But uh, how about there not? you are. You're back. Okay. Yeah, you're good. But like, that's how you make amends. If you really love Star Wars and you want to keep it in your soul, yeah. then you gotta like try. You, it's it's a two way. Any relationship is a two way street. And I got Star Wars. Besides the relationship I have with my what mom and sister, longest relationship I've ever had in my life. Yeah. <laughs> so like, that's a relationship I want to keep going. So I gotta put in the work, and you gotta put in the work too, people. That's what I'm this, saying. This is our public service announcement from the Multiverse Report. Yes. I'm gonna, again, I've said this before on this podcast, but your relationship with Star Wars, a lot of times, I heard someone, I can't remember who said this. I heard this on a different podcast, but I'll say it. I believe in it strongly. Your relationship with Star Wars is like, if you're, if you're dating somebody and they cheat on you, but you decide to stay in the relationship and try to make it work, you can't keep bringing up that fact that they cheated on you. You got to move past it. You got to get up. You just got to keep going. You just got to keep going. That's all it is. You got to get over it and yeah. move forward. And if you, Cause if you don't, then it's never going to work. If you don't do the work to get over it, it's never going to work people. So just keep an open heart. Like Steve, he watches rise of Skywalker once a year. That's more than I watch rise of Skywalker. And I like that movie more right. than he does. It's not in my top five. No, no. I think you're muted again, Steve. Oh no, I'm just talking softly and I oh, condense you're just, mic. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Now you're just tricking me. Yes. All right. Let's stop uh, ranting about star Wars stuff that, has been said a million times. It's frustrating that it has been said a million times, and yet we still feel the need to say it. That's what is yeah, enraging. That, that really enraging. is. When we do our Star Wars spinoff podcast. It's going to be a lot of uh, unpacking of the fandom, <laughs> I think, in general. Likely. Um, did I just mention something that we haven't publicly stated that we haven't even really uh, finalized? Anyway. Um, oh, you on. might have, actually. But yeah. we do need to work on that. We really do. It's a new year. We should get some wheels in motion. Anyway, there's a little teaser for you fans out there. Um, got a little bit of DC talk. Um, and as I said that, I just realized that when I was a kid, there was a band named DC Talk who had one song that I thought was really good and catchy. And then later, somebody told me that they were a Christian rock band that I didn't realize. Huh. That's the whole story. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> one of their albums no is Jesus Freak. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm Christian rap and I, rock trio. Ooh, I don't remember them being, not in the song that I knew, there wasn't any rapping. Mm. I don't remember the name of the song. I don't remember how it went. I can't hum it for you. I just remember I heard a song, and I was like, ooh, this is a good song. And then someone was like, oh, they're a Christian band. And mm. I was like, okay. It didn't stop me liking that song. Right. But I didn't, like, seek out Dive more in deeper. of their material. Yeah. Fair enough. Anyway, we have a little uh, DC talk. And it's all about the Lord Jesus Christ. So buckle up. Taking a hard left turn into preaching town. I thought you were going to be Lord James Gunn. Yeah, I should have. That would have been funnier. That would have been funnier. I was just pretending that we were changing our podcast (laughs) into a uh, hardcore Christian network evangel... Evangel... Evangeline Lily podcast. Um... 
talk about we DC. Just, we just did like four right turns and ended up yeah. back on the oh, train. All right, let's go. Way <laughs> off the rails. I'm just going to barrel through it and go straight forward. We're talking about the fate of Harley Quinn, everybody. Harleen Quinzel? Harleen Quinzel herself. Margot Robbie was asked by Variety Magazine. Magazine? I think online news outlet is a better way to say it. Do magazines still exist? I guess they do. Um, yeah. They asked her about playing Harley Quinn again, if she would ever do that. She has plans on uh, playing Harley Quinn again. And she said, quote, I always wanted Harley to be a character that would get passed on to other actresses to play. The way there are so many iconic male characters. That was always the dream for her. Harley's so fun and can go in so many different directions. You put her in someone else's hands and it's like, what are they going to do with her? The options are endless. I certainly understand what she means by that. This is a non-committal answer. She's not saying no, but she's also saying, like, I don't care that Lady Gaga is playing it in the Todd Phillips Joker sequel. I don't care. And I like, I think, and she's got a good point. Like, how many people have we seen play Batman? And we've talked about it on the show before that everybody that plays Batman finds a different angle to express yeah. the character. And we get different versions. Same with like Joker and like all these characters that get like right. molded and shaped. And you get to be like, oh, well, Jack Nicholson did this really well, but Heath Ledger did this really well. And that, you know, like it's fun right. to have that kind of conversation. The three Spidey's so totally plus get Miles that. plus like- exactly Spider Man. Um, Exactly. So I get that a lot. And I, for one, love Margaret Robbie's Harley Quinn. I would love her to play Harley Quinn whenever she wants to. But I'm also, I also do like, like I mentioned recently, how part of the reason I'm excited about a new DCU is that we get one more round of fun, like, ooh, who's going to play Batman? Who's going to be cast as this character? Which we don't really get anymore in the MCU. Like, until the MCU decides to fully reboot, we're not going to have a conversation of like, oh, who's going to be the new Iron Man? You know? And, and that's kind of a bummer because it's kind of a bummer on the DC side too, that if this DCU really works and takes off and is around for a long time, then we won't get any new Superman casting or Batman casting. Cause I kind of like that Batman was like James Bond. Like every couple of years, we just got a new one mm-hmm. and it was exciting to see what the new one was going to be. And like, and much like the James MCU Bond, and... the quality of movies varied wildly. Exactly. But that's kind of part of the fun of it, oh, yeah. you know? Um, and if, if the DCU is successful and goes for a long time, then it's going to become the same as the MCU, where it's like, okay, we just know the tone and we know the person's going to be playing this character until they're dead um, or whatever. Like, like, how fun would it be if they... I mean, I love that the MCU is doing, has done what it has done and is doing what it is doing, but like, also kind of be fun to be like, oh, how is Ethan Hawke going to play Iron Man in this movie, you know, now that they recast and they're rebooting the Iron Man franchise, you know? That'd be cool, too. Anyway, long story short, that's what Margot Robbie said about playing Harley Quinn. Somebody asked James Gunn about it on threads, and he said, quote, I haven't talked to Margot about Harley for a long time, but I'd love to work with her again as Harley or as someone else. There are no plans at this time for anyone else to play Harley. I mean, other than in Todd's movie, Joker 2, or the animated shows. And that was cool. That he said, like, I haven't talked to her about it, but I'm not casting anybody else as Harley Quinn, right? Until she, that's basically him saying, until she says she doesn't want to do it, she's going to be my Harley whenever I get to Harley Quinn. Someone responded to that saying that it's sad that he hasn't made any plans for Harley yet in his DCU. And James Gunn responded to that person saying, hmm, that's not exactly what I said. 
So it seems that he does have an idea or a plan for the character of Harley moving forward. Just hasn't announced it yet. Haven't talked about it yet. And again, like I just said, in his mind, it's going to be Margot Robbie until it's not. So do that what you will. I know that there are people out there and I'm kind of one of them. I'm on the fence. I'm on the fence. But I know there's people out there that say like, yo, James Gunn, if you are rebooting the DC universe, you need to do a hard reboot. Leave even the good stuff. Margot Robbie, Peacemaker, you know, it's insane that uh, you have what's her face as Amanda Waller in the first place, and you should. And getting rid of her would be insane. But oh, um, if you're doing okay. Viola, Viola Davis, there you go. I couldn't. Yeah, crazy that she's playing Amanda Waller, and that's a great casting. And just as Margot Robbie is great as Harley Quinn, but if you're doing a reboot, then you should just get rid of everything, or else people will be confused. I see that, but I also am just like, but Margot Robbie, so good as Harley Quinn, so good as Harley Quinn. But again, it's like the thing where, you know, Jack Nicholson is the greatest Joker of all time until you cast Heath Ledger, and then you don't believe that someone else could do that. So these characters are malleable, should be open to new interpretations of them, which Margot Robbie seems to be. And we'll see if James Gunn is as well. So, Steve, any connection to... uh, Margot Robbie is Harley Quinn. You want to see your stay? Want to see your go? Either or. You, I seem like I mean, you seem like someone that would wouldn't really care one way or the other. No, I mean she's been great in everything I've seen her in, but there's no real, there's nothing that uh, screams nobody else can do this, or I would yeah. want nobody else to do this. So yeah, right. I mean, for continuity's sake, and and I guess like you said, we've kind of been uh, by the MCU almost beaten into submission on somebody has to be the one playing this character. Right. And it yeah. seems like, I, I don't know. I mean, I I like that there's multiple Hellboys. I like that there's multiple, sure. you know, a, any character. Superman. Mahershala Ali taking, yeah. ba- taking back over Blade. Like, yeah, two that's different cool. takes on it. Cool. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Might as well. I mean, it, and so, it doesn't predicate her from coming back to the role. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Fine. Right. Do whatever. Yeah, James. I agree. Ar- uh, yeah, James Arnold Taylor and uh, 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 God, brain. Ewan McGregor are very different versions of oh, sure. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan. Yeah, as Al as Guinness. is Alec Guinness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, so, I would Sam love. Whitworth is not would, Ray Park. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would love Margaret Robbie to return, but I'm also super excited to see how Lady Gaga plays her. Yeah. In um, Joker 2. In what's going to so, be a very different movie, too. Wildly different. Yeah, exactly. That's going to be wildly different from any any of the movies that Margot Robbie has played Harley Quinn in, right. which is also wildly different from, as James Gunn mentions, the Harley Quinn animated show, which is also excellent. And Haley Coco is great as her in that as well. Um, the voice of her. So anyway, like these characters are malleable. They're more malleable than a lot of people think they are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, give them a chance. Um, all right, Steve, do you have a comic to review? I, I can't do. believe we're already at comics. Is that, are we going through this too fast? Should we tangent a little bit more? No, we're dead nuts on. Oh, okay, then let's do some comic reviews. Uh, yeah, I got one. You, I do have one. I have one um, from our uh, I, I guess I have the B cover of one of our uh, favorite comic authors. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, one James Tinian. Ooh, James Tinian. Yep. And uh, him and Josh Hickson 
World Tree number six. Oh, the new World Tree. So we were just talking about World Tree on last week's episode. And by the way, Steve, before you jump into your comic review, I should have said that's the top of the show, but I'll say it now. If you did miss last week's episode, you should probably give it a listen. Steve and I recapped our favorite things from 2023, movies, television, and comics. We talked about some video game stuff as well. And we looked forward in 2024 and listing all the things that are relevant to the nerdy genre community. will be coming out in 2024. Check that out as well um, if you're interested in knowing what to look forward to. And we talked in depth about World Tree because it was one of your favorite yeah, the first five, yeah. first five were uh, right up there with uh, my favorites of the year. So yeah, um, I agree. So so what's number six? Tell six, us about it. Uh, six uh, <clears throat> art is by Fernando Blanco, colors by Jordi Belair. Uh, it it is a continuation of the art, the original arc, um, and where we landed with World Good. Tree on the cliffhanger. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's a lot more of a setup episode issue episode sure. issue um but it seems to it seems to be pointing the new arc in a direction um we'll see where seven you know seven through ten go um i think it's got some promise but it's this issue in particular spun its wheels a little um compared i guess compared to the first five Sure. Were it not up against them, it probably holds its own better. But where Tinian had kind of been going breakneck pace through this whole thing, this takes yeah. the foot off the gas a little bit more. Um, so if he uses it as a setup, I think this will be a good start and good jumping off point to this arc. Um, but, you know, there's a chance for it to go either way. So I, I right. think overall, well worth the read, especially if you liked one through five. Um, but more, you know, uh, It'll be tough to get a gauge on this uh, 100% until we know for sure right. like what the rest of the story tell, uh, holds. Yeah, and that's not dissimilar to the first issue of World Tree, yep. which I reviewed uh, for this podcast months ago. Um, although that issue definitely like hooked me more than it seems like this one did for you or would for someone that is just coming. Right. Um. But uh, yeah, but I also in, coming in blind to this arc would be no, don't don't even like yeah. You need to read the trade, trade before you yeah. And by the way, the, by the way, the trade of the first five is only ten bucks. Yeah, that's a incredibly well priced hundred percent worth your worth your money wherever you are. Definitely, definitely, like two two single issues would be at least almost $10. that. Yeah, yeah. So you can buy all five and read the entire arc for ten bucks. By the way, they have them at Funky Town Comics, I do believe. So go grab World Tree. But uh, FYI, it is not for children. No. Not I mean, look close. at the cover. The, the B yeah. cover is literally... Yeah, that is a naked woman. By the way, this is a, the main antagonist of this series. Fully naked woman. Fully naked at all times. Mm -hmm. And not only um, is that a reason to not let kids read it, uh, she also straight up murders tons of people i was gonna say not only that you also have the death and destruction so yeah graphic nudity and graphic violence and gore and murder so if if all those sound good to you world tree <laughs> pick it up you know combine all that with a uh various 
computer problems and the end of the world is nigh and a whole bunch of things. It's a yes. I don't know how like it's a techno thriller horror something. Yes, that's a perfect way to describe it. Techno thriller horror. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, and it's great. Yeah. What do you got? My book. My book is uh, from acclaimed writer Mark Guggenheim, artist Alvaro Lopez, colors by Alex Gumarez, letters by VCs Joe Caramanga. It is a franchise that we don't talk about too often on this show. It is issue one of Beware the Planet of the Apes. Okay. From 20. 20th Century Fox Studios. Isn't that a weird logo to have on this corner of the book when there's a Marvel logo on this other corner of the book? I was like, is that the A cover? Is that the, like, is there a variant or what? Uh, I'm not sure. I think it's the A cover. Hmm, Weird. But still, I remember when, I remember them saying that 21st Century, 20th Century Studios was going to be like the brand of all Fox things under the Disney umbrella was going to. Um, cool. Anyway, Be- Beware the Planet of the Apes is a prequel comic series to the original Planet of the Apes film, which is good for me as a reader because that's the only Planet of the Apes movie that I've ever seen all the way through. Oh, there you go. I've seen snippets of other ones here and there. I haven't seen any of the new ones, which is dumb. I got to sit down and watch those. I think we talked about ones. that. Like I had seen we did the first because one and... we saw the the trailer for the new one just came yeah, out yeah. and we talked about that trailer and I was like, I got to sit down and watch these movies because they look good. And I've heard that they're very good. Yeah. All the, that first trilogy I heard. The one that good. I saw was good or maybe two. I don't know. Maybe two. All right. More. Whatever um, I saw was good. Yeah. More Andy Serkis. Um, right. Mastery of uh, performance capture. Anyway. Um, yeah. So it takes place before the original Charlton Heston film. And I don't know enough about Planet of the Apes comics. I know there's been Planet of the Apes comics before. So I don't know if the first couple pages are straight out of an original Planet of the Apes comic or if they're just drawn to look that way. But can you tell from the art, like the vintage quality, like the style of the art, like it's it's either reproduced. It's got a feel. Yeah, it's either because this shows like them crashing on the planet of the apes, which happens in the movie and seemingly maybe happened in a comic book sometime. They either, I feel like they either reprinted that art or re, uh, recreated it mm-hmm. for like the prologue of this book for a couple pages. And they cut back to it. Anytime there is like, I guess it's not a flashback. It's like a flash forward, I guess. Um, because they say that the crash will play, take place soon. And it jumps back to, now which is taking place before charlton hess and his crew crash um and it's fine this is a fine story i think if you are a huge planet of the apes fan then you'll love this but me as like someone who thinks that first movie is great but i haven't also haven't seen it in 20 years right <laughs> but i think it's a great movie i saw it once and i thought it was really good um it felt a little like so what to me it didn't like grab me it's it's like it's very tied into that movie and that mythology but for someone who's a casual planet of the apes fan or uh is looking to get into planet of the apes this is not where i would say that you start i say you start with that original movie and then maybe immediately after read this and be like oh that's kind of i see the connections but like it's been so long since i've seen that movie that i couldn't make those connections with this 
it's well written. It, the art, for the most part, looks good. There's a couple scenes where uh, characters are talking like in shadow, and maybe it was just the lighting in the room that I was reading it in, but I felt like it was like way too dark. Like I could barely tell what was happening in yeah. the panels. Um, in a way that I don't know that it was intended. Maybe if it was intentional, then great, but uh, didn't seem that way. Um, yeah, like it's good. It's the it follows the characters of. Um, Cornelius and his wife, uh, what's Zira or Zila? Zira, I think her name is, right? Um, yeah, like Dr. Zayas is in it. So you get like a lot of the characters from the first movie. Um, not the Charlton Heston character, obviously, because it's before he crashed, most of it. Um, the woman character that he falls in love with in the movie is a character. In the like, there's like strong tie ins right. with that first film. But again, I don't, this is not a great jumping on point for someone who's looking to be a Planet of the Apes fan. If you are, then I feel like you will love this. Um, but for me, someone who's more like tangen- tangentially into Planet of the Apes, then, uh, you know, Ape it, felt, it was Ape fun. Adjacent. Yeah, it was like fun, yeah. but it wasn't, uh, there wasn't anything it's... new to, it was just like another story that takes place in that world. It didn't bring in like new mythology or lore, because it can't really, because it's a prequel. Right. So it can't do too much, so... Um, it's not your favorite yeah. uh not your favorite fake primate exactly yeah exactly uh speaking of fake primates you know who else is in the, in the public domain king kong mm. yeah there you go wild and so speaking of 10 years type king stuff, kong fights. uh i know you started a show i did I did. Should we get through the rest of the comic stuff before we talk? Oh yeah, I was thinking after things. we got the. Uh, I, I, I do want to say the, that. I forgot about the rundown. So yeah, before one yeah. shots, let's hit on that. <laughs> All right, so we'll do comics and then we'll talk just random things that we watched <laughs> recently, and we'll wrap up with some one shots. Uh, this week in your local comic book store, you got Action Comics number one thousand and sixty one, Avengers number nine, Batman and Robin number five, Blade number seven, Blood Commandment number three, Captain Marvel number four. Daredevil Gang War, number two. Fables, number 161. Giant Size Spider-Man, number one. Sounds cool. Lots of spiders. Lots of spiders this week. That's actually uh, Miles. Uh, Miles and uh, Venom. But is that Eddie's son as Venom, I believe? Dylan Brock. All right. So, yeah, Dylan Brock versus Miles in that giant size. Oh, cool. Nice. Oh, yeah, big spider week. Starting with that one. Uh, we also got uh, Green Lantern, number seven. Jennifer Blood, Battle Diary, number two. Miguel O'Hara, Spider-Man 2099, number two. Miles Morales, Spider-Man, number 15. Rise of the Powers of X, number one. Didn't they just fall? We just had a fall of the Powers of X, right? Uh, so it's Fall of the House, oh, the fall of, of, House, House of, of X. House of X, which is, that's Rise next. That'll be number 26 on Things I Read. Um, and then Rise of Powers of X. Those are the two... So Fall of X happened. These are the relaunch titles to start right. the X line again of Great. you know reset. Okay. Coming Can't out wait. of the Krakoa era. Sensational She-Hulk number 4, Century number 2, Speed Force number 3, Gwen uh Spider-Gwen Smash number 2, Star Wars number 42, Subgenre number 3, Thunderbolts number 2, Titans Beast World number 4, Transformers number 4, Ultimate Spider-Man, number one. Usagi Ojimbo, Ice and Snow, number four. Wesley Dodd, Sandman, number four. Wolverine, number 41. And public domain hero himself, Zorro, Man of the Dead, number one. 
Steve, yeah, I know you're pulling that Ultimate Spider-Man. Oh, 100%. My only yeah. question with Ultimate Spider-Man is which variant cover, because there's a ton of them. A ton. And a ton. A lot of them are really good looking. I know. I saw a bunch of them, too. I'll probably I'll probably pick up Ultimate Spider-Man, too, just yeah. to check it out. I mean, the yeah, there's a whole bunch <laughs> of, like, Marco Cicchetto covers that are uh, Black Suit, Classic Spidey, and 2099. And they're all in the same pose with three different suits on. And I'm like, oh, those just look great. Uh, those are three excellent suits. Those are probably the three best. Yeah. Maybe the three best Spider-Man suits. Yeah, probably. I don't know. But certainly classic and black, black. are like the, just perfect. Just perfectly designed. Suits. You don't want the Ben Riley uh, cutoff hoodie? Ben Riley's good. That's a, it's okay. It's, it's, it's but it's just very, a little. Yeah, on very, the 90s. It's very 90s. It's very 90s. <laughs> Um, Scotty Young, I think I've talked about how much I either love or hate Scotty Young covers. Uh, yeah. There is a great Peter and MJ Scotty Young cover um, mm. that is it's a store variant, so I doubt uh, Funky Town ended up with it. Um, yeah. Just because I'd assume you probably have to order, like, the world's worth of comics to get it. But, uh, yeah. But, yeah, they, uh, there's, there's a whole bunch of very cool incentives and open orders that... Uh, yeah, check them out because relaunching the Ultimate Universe is. I mean, the last time they relaunched Ultimate or the Ultimate Universe, we ended up with Miles. So something yeah. cool will probably happen. Somewhere. Yeah, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Absolutely. Uh, Transformers number four. That's yeah. going to be a pull because I did not realize how good those books were until I read them. So and good. It's like, oh, yeah, they're great. Okay. Yeah, they're so good. You got anything jumping at you on there? Um, I don't know if I'm pulling anything this week. Um, you know, I don't know. I am. Like I said, I might, I'm probably going to pick up ultimate Spider-Man number one, but other than that, I've just got like a buildup of stuff that I'm, I feel like January, I'm going to try to dive into my pile of stuff that I have purchased and not read. Well, you know, you Um, won't get to it in February, so I will not get to it in February for multiple reasons. So, um, yeah, that's why I'm going to try to really hit hard in January. And I'm talking trades and graphic novels and also single issues. They're just piling up. Mm. So got to crack that pile at some point. So that's going to be my focus. And what else I'm going to do in January, Steve, is I'm going to finish watching Monarch Legacy of Monsters, the Apple TV Plus show, which I've seen two episodes of. And it's great. Yeah. So good. You mentioned it on last week's uh, wrap up podcast. Um. And I started my three-month free trial of Apple TV Plus just so I could watch it. And, man, yeah, great. Excellent. Looks great. Very intriguing storyline. Um, and, uh, yeah, a good amount of gross monsters. Yeah. At the same time. 100%. Yeah. It's, yep. It, it ticks all the buttons for what you want out of a Monsterverse show. Yes, and Wyatt yes, Russell, I Kurt would... Russell is just hilarious of how they're doing that and how well it's working. Yeah, I just got um, uh, at the end of episode two is when they reveal Kurt Russell or Kurt Russell shows up at okay. the end of episode two, and um, yeah, it was really cool because I was watching his son in the first episode and in the second episode, and anytime he says something, I'm like, yeah, I can see Kurt Russell saying it like that. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm like making connections to be yep. like. And then I'm thinking, is that just how he is acting? Or was he specifically like, how would my dad say this? Right. <laughs> you know? And 
that we... I don't know. I think it's probably a little bit of both. I never thought of that, of like how he had to be like, huh, I wonder how my dad would do this. Because, <laughs> you know, I mean, no offense to Wyatt Russell, but I don't think Kurt Russell is saying, how would my son say this? <laughs> right. I think he's like, I'm Kurt Russell. I'm going to do this the way I want. And I think Wyatt probably knows that. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's going to be Kurt Russell. I need, I need to be Kurt Russell. Yeah. I'm yeah, as close as anyone else can probably get, but <laughs> I need to do a little bit of homework, maybe. Yeah, I never I never thought about like why it's actually been in a good number of things that were all really quality. I think I've only seen him in Falcon Winter Soldier and this. Did you ever see Under the Banner of Heaven? No. You should watch that. That's really good. Uh he does a really good job in that. Um okay. but yeah, uh, I mean Falcon and Winter Soldier. I thought he was great in that. Yeah, I hated him. Oh yeah, it's, I mean he. I was, he I was supposed the, to. So he, he did a great the role job of what he needed to be. Yeah, but, like I, I was thinking of Under the Banner of Heaven. I was like, oh shit, that was him. So wow. yeah, they uh, he did. He's got he's got some range. Yeah, it's not quite sure. as dead yet. Um, but what are you gonna? Yeah. do? who is? Who is? I mean, besides Kurt, Kurt Russell. Russell. Yeah, <laughs> who is Kurt Russell? <laughs> who is Kurt Russell? Um uh steve i guess the other thing that i watched not just in the past week but maybe in the past like week and a half for the first time in probably 15 years i watched the lord of the rings trilogy Mm. all three i hadn't seen them in so long and uh god damn it those movies are great they really are they're great yeah uh it was a bit of a bummer having not seen them in 15 years seeing that uh a lot of the effects don't really hold up as well as you want them to. Yeah. Like they were like groundbreaking visual effects at the time. And now you can really see the scene. If you're looking, you can see a lot of green screen seams. Mm-hmm. You can really tell when like, you know, like in the years since those movies, there's been a huge kind of narrative about like, Oh, they used force perspective in so many shots. And it's like, he used force perspective in some shots, yeah. but a lot of time Elijah Wood is not really there. He right. is a uh, composited. It's like either his head on someone else's body or it's straight up. These, these four characters are standing in front of a green screen while these human sized characters are standing in a real set. And you can tell, yeah. and you can tell, um, but that's very nitpicky because uh, the movies are still great. And the reason that the movies can, uh, ascend past the noticeable failings of the visual effects is that those visual effects are combined with insane epic built sets and practical effects and miniatures and just like real people riding real horses through real amazing New Zealand landscapes. And so like, it's the combination of those things that make those movies work and especially Especially Return of the King, which is just an absolute knockout movie. Mm-hmm. Does it need to be three and a half hours long? No. But <laughs> am I going to complain? No. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Right. Like that's one of those movies where it's like, I said, like, I think it's about the Batman. Like the Batman is three hours long. Does it need to be? No. But I love every second of that movie. I love watching it. I love the way it looks. I love the way it moves and sounds. And I love everything about that three hour movie. I felt the same way about Return of the King. I was like, this shot could be way shorter or he doesn't need to spend this much time with this conversation, but I don't care. I don't care. Mm-hmm. It took me three nights to watch Return of the King and I still cried at the end of it. 
after like being at breaking it up, it still completely worked for me. The end during, of that movie is incredible. During which of the, the thirteen endings? Yeah. <laughs> That's the other thing, too. That last ending with Sam coming back, like, you do not need that at all. It should have ended with the boat sailing to the Grey Havens. That should have been it. Perfect ending. At least they cut a couple of the endings from the books. Yes, that's true. That's true. But, like, you got this extended edition. Like, you can just save that other ending for the extended edition and make it (laughs) five hours and two minutes long. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, I want to do some one shots and uh, wrap this pupper pupper wrap this pupper up. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why pupper sent me for a loop there. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know why this... I'm making so many weird noises. I'm trying to get this cord to not hit me well, in the leg. Get this guy puppers. Uh, yeah. Let's see. <laughs> uh, oh, one shots. I have to read the uh, the notes. That's that's what I have to do for these, right? Yeah, I know. Sorry. Yeah. I, uh, I put your name in big capital bold letters right above it it's so it's funny how that happens uh yeah. so steven yun exits the thunderbolts movie uh it is it, it was originally he was originally cast i don't know if it was confirmed by him or by someone that he was supposed to play sentry um, yes i think it was confirmed by um robert kirkman the guy the writer okay. of invincible and walking right. dead because i think Which, he said on like a blog post or something he's like yeah he's playing sentry i don't know if i'm supposed to say that or not but i don't work for marvel so right and <laughs> you told, told me he's playing uh, sentry yeah he is the titular character in invincible so correct um, yes that's the kirkman connection um yep. but yeah it, due to delays and rescheduling and the strike and all that stuff he has decided to drop out based on you know his workload and what's going on um yeah from everything i read i don't think it was anything like oh this movie's going to be horrible i'm getting out of here or anything like that it was just a like this isn't going to work out yeah or like even if it's not like a conflict it's just like yo i can't for that long like we're not filming till when now like i can't you know like i have other stuff i want to do you know like it's can be anything i i the thing that i read said that it was a quote from him saying like i do want to be in a marvel movie but you know, it's, this one's not, not gonna, gonna work. work and I, for this I, one. Yeah. He, he said he tried to make it like the most apologetic email that he could possibly send saying that he had to pull out because he doesn't want to like burn any bridges or anything. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Hey, if he burned, if he burned a bridge at Marvel, give James Gunn a call. I'm sure he's, uh, looking for some talented people over there. Do you see you? Um, the other, uh, Marvel-y one shot we have is, not really much news. It's just a reminder that uh, Tuesday, January 9th, uh, is the debut of Echo, the new um, Marvel uh, show. Five episodes uh, are dropping all at once on Disney+. Plus On Tuesday, this is the first project that will appear under the Marvel Spotlight banner. Marvel Spotlight being a new um, thing that the MCU is trying where they're saying, yes, it takes place within the MCU, but you don't have to have watched anything else in order to watch this show to order to understand this show, which I think that's a smart thing for them to do, I guess, but it's also weird to do that with a project featuring a character that is connected to already connected to multiple other characters within the MCU. (laughs) Hawkeye, both versions of Hawkeye and therefore the Avengers, but then also the Charlie Cox and Daredevil Kingpin 
like all those things are wrapped up in this character. There's there's already connections to other existing things. So it's weird for this to be Marvel Spotlight and not just like like Moon Knight could have been a Marvel Spotlight thing. Right. That has nothing else to do with anything else. But nope, we're using this character that's already connected to other characters directly. But who knows? Um, and of course, uh, rumors um, have been persisting that this show is terrible. Um, but Steve, can it really be worse than Secret Invasion? Don't threaten them with a good time. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. I guess we'll find out Tuesday. I don't know either. I am. Um, I'm going to stay positive. Um, because because I still remember how much I thought Secret Invasion sucked. So, um, I can't imagine that it's worse than Secret Invasion. So, I don't know. Like Kingpins, like Vincent Vincent D'Onofrio's in this show. Right, that alone, that alone is going to like raise it a point. My brain says Charlie Cox has to show up in the show somewhere. I think he does. I think that's been confirmed. Oh, right. I think he's in it. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know if he's in it as Daredevil or just as Matt Murdock, or I don't know how often he. Right, but I don't know. We'll see. I'll burn through all five of these episodes quick as I can when I'm not watching Monarch. Right, and if now it's really good, then that's uh, that'll be fine. And if not, then. Uh... It'll be fine too. I think we'll all be very pleasantly surprised if it just turns out that it's just a super sleek, awesome, yeah, action show. That'd be great. I hope it is. But again, dropping it all at once in January, not uh, not a great sign. But they didn't. Know. But again, they didn't drop Secret Invasion all at once. So, like, how bad could it be? I don't. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. They had confidence in Secret Invasion, and it was the worst, worst Marvel show I've seen, hands down. I mean, I mean it is also officially TVMA. True. So maybe that that's has right. We got a trailer that looked pretty great. And yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I'm my brain is going into this of like, yeah, okay, if it's really good, it's really good, and if it's not, it's not. But I have yeah. no. I guess I, I don't go really no pre like pre existing. Yeah issues with it yeah i guess i'm my expectations are more set as a giant question mark than anything else yeah you know i'm not expecting it to completely light my world on fire i'm not expecting it to be as good as the netflix daredevil show no um but it's also hard for it's also hard for me to expect it to be as bad as secret invasion right so i don't know i've been wrong before but like again i just remember that trailer that we saw looked pretty great it did but also, like you said, a lot of hardcore violence in that trailer. So we'll see. We'll see. And you know what? With that, I think we're done. We got anything else? Is that it? I think we did it. I think we might have. I think if you want to hear more from us, reach out to us or check us out on social media. Uh, I know both of us have kind of adopted threads, it seems, uh, compared yeah. to some of the others. Um, Mike can be found at Carol's Kid with a K. Uh, I can be found at Dutch Heart. We can both be found at the Multiverse Report on Threads. Uh, right. Same thing on Instagram, actually all around. Um, if you uh, want to follow those uh, thousand comics in 2024, that's I'm cataloging <laughs> those on Threads. So, um, yeah. The, uh, the I guess the email address is the Multiverse Report at gmail.com. Website themultiverseport.com. Uh, leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts on YouTube. 
reach out to us leave some comments in the chats uh i saw brian was uh hovering around in the chat i didn't catch him till later um but uh yeah you know uh, come interact with us we're recording every weekend uh usually sundays around 9 40 uh <laughs> yeah. it's called spade a spade t- it hasn't it hasn't been 9 30 in a year yeah tentatively scheduled for 9 30 however uh we'll pop on around 9 40 it seems yeah so 9 45 sometimes 10 yeah you never um, know. yeah it's, uh, we keep you guessing here so <laughs> keep you on your toes and also stay tuned for upcoming interviews this month with jay stevens and also g willow wilson jay will uh jay stevens next week g willow wilson end of the month if you have questions that you would like us to ask them please send them in via threads or email or any contact information that steve just gave you we're very excited about those um interviews so let us know if you have questions for them and uh, we'll try to work them in. No guarantees, but we'll try to work them in. So um, we'll see. And uh, so the, the next thing that you'll get from us in your feed is our interview with uh, Jay Steven. Yes. So be on the lookout for that at the end of this week, Friday, uh, Friday, most likely. Friday, if Friday. that changes, we'll let you know. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Uh, and that's it. So I guess until next time, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you in the multiverse.